is a free download from Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at Le Banks, St. Samson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. I was just kind of very, uh, I suppose, blessed by the, the, the song. What did we last week? Sorry, last week, didn't we? That you showed the dry bones sort of song. And I just love that song. And I don't know, it just, as I thought about it, it just brought me uh, to something I want to share with you this morning. Uh, I've called it Life in the Graveyard. That kind of seems a strange, almost a strange contradiction. I want to just talk about this great passage in Ezekiel 37. Uh, it's a story of the dry bones and what that kind of great song is sort of based on. These dry bones shall live again. First, we're going to read from verse 1 of chapter 37 is equal. The hand of the Lord came upon me and he brought me in the spirit of the Lord and, and set me down in the midst of the valley and, I was full of, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around and behold there was very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these dry bones live? And so I answered, O oh Lord God, only you know. And he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and put flesh upon you, cover you with skin and, and put breath in you and you shall live then you shall know that i am the lord so i prophesied as i was commanded and as i prophesied there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together bone to bone indeed as i looked at the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over but there was no breath in them also he said to me prophesy to the breath prophesy sort of man and say to the breath thus says the lord god Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied, and as he, can demand, and as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. And then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the, are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say, Oh, our bones are dry, and hope is lost, and we ourselves are not cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Just to say, I'm not going to talk on it, but again, often that's an incredible prophetic word that I think has happened really since, I suppose, 1947 when all the nations, from almost all the nations of the earth, people have just come and the nation of Israel has been restored. Isn't that wonderful? I think one of the greatest evidences of the return of Jesus is, if you like, the, the rebirth of Israel. You want to see real prophecy happening before our eyes, and you haven't got to look very far but to Israel and see the incredible fulfillment of that. But that's not my subject this morning, but that's just incidentally, so I won't charge you for that one. <laughs> Let me just kind of give an introduction, really, what I want to just kind of bring to you. There's something, it would seem contradictory. I want to get a hold of it this morning. You know, truth is greater than fact. Think about it. Truth is greater than fact. Fact, maybe this morning, says that you're sick. Truth says 
By his stripes you are healed. Truth, if you like, fact says you're in a place of lack. Truth says he's able to meet all your needs according to his riches and glory. Fact might say this morning that there's no way out. Truth says that he'll make a way where there doesn't seem to be a way. Facts say that you can think of a person who just seems so far away from God. Truth says, is the arm of the Lord too short? Facts says, I feel really alone. Truth says, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. You see, you see what I'm saying this morning? The truth actually is greater than the facts of your life. Here is fact. Valley of dead, dry bones. Truth. I will breathe upon them, and those dry bones will live again. Isn't that amazing? And just look at this. I want you to think about this. Here is this prophet, and he's dropped, if you like, in the most impossible situation you could think of. He's dropped in a bone yard. And I don't think there's anything, of, if you like, a, that seems overwhelming but a graveyard. And God says to him, I want you to have a revival in a graveyard. Isn't that amazing? That's what he's literally saying to him. And you might think you're in a hard situation, but can you imagine being put into a graveyard and God says in the midst of that graveyard, you're going to have an amazing move of God. And maybe this morning that you feel there's graveyards in areas of your life. Maybe some relationship seems dead. Could be a career, could be job prospects. Maybe you've had a bad report from the doctor. Maybe it's a dream or a hope that seems to have died. Maybe you just feel so dead inside. Sometimes we can feel so dead and so numb inside because of circumstances and situations that have hit our lives. And you feel that there's this place that you're in, and it just seems to be a graveyard, a kind of dead place, if you like. Here's what to see this morning. You're in a good place because Jesus says he's uncomfortable with grave clothes. You know, the Bible says he, he took those grave clothes off his body, he folded them in the corner and said, I don't stay dead very long. The greatest victory that was ever won was in a graveyard. And I believed with all my heart this morning that where you see certain graveyard situations, that has the potential to be your greatest ever victory. Because Jesus specializes in raising dead things. Can you say amen? Now, this is what it says. Verse 1 says, the Lord set me. Notice this. He says, the Lord set me in the midst of a valley. You see that? He's in a valley. God took him and God put him in a valley. Now, in Ezekiel chapter 1, there's an amazing story there because the Bible says the hand of the Lord took him and he lifted him to a high place. You know, he had wheels, chariots, all these kind of wheels and all this kind of stuff. And God says the hand of the Lord came upon Ezekiel and he lifted him into a high place. 
Now he's put in a low place. What are you going to see? Whether you're in a low place or whether you're in a high place, the hand of the Lord is still with you. Whether you're on top, whether you're right underneath, the hand of the Lord is still there. The same hand that was with you when you were right up there is the same hand that was with you in the valley. Here's what can often happen. When we're in our low places, that's where we can lose our joy. That's where we kind of lose our peace. That's where we kind of lose a little bit of our hope and we lose our faith. Because we feel that we're in a low place. When we're in a high place, oh, that's the time we have joy and enthusiasm and zeal. You know, at those moments. But when we're in a low place, we tend... Because notice this, the low place he was in was a dry place. And I believe today that because the hand of the Lord is here, even though you may be in a low place... It doesn't necessarily mean you have to be a dry place. You know what that is? Because your circumstances and your feelings are not your source of joy. Think about it. Your joy doesn't find its source in your feelings. The source of your joy is God. Is that right? The source of your peace is God. The source of your strength is God. The source of your power is God. So whether you're in a low place or a high place, that's almost irrelevant. Because God is still there in the midst of it. And he's still your source. Isn't that wonderful? I just love to think that my joy doesn't need to evaporate in a hard, difficult place. My peace doesn't need to necessarily evaporate in a place of difficult circumstances. Because they're not my source. God's my source. Isn't that wonderful? He came. Don't let the devil kind of dry up your joy and things in your life in that low place. And notice this. Not only was that a dry place, but we're told here it was also a disjointed place. You see, the enemy wants to divide us in your low place. He divides you from encouraging thoughts. He divides you from people who can help you. Because the enemy doesn't just want you to dry up. He wants to divide you up. Because we're told that in this valley that the bones are all scattered. They're all divided. I believe one of the great works of the enemy is to bring division, to divide you. You know, a snowflake, by itself, it's no problem. Is that right? How many have found that we saw, when we saw a lot of them, we saw the results of it? Is that right? And there's way to see. I believe that the enemy works to scatter harmonious situations. He comes to divide relationships. He comes to scatter harmonious situations. He comes to separate division between husband and wife, division between parent and child. Things that once seem to be so together, how easily the enemy comes to divide. There's so much in the Bible about the power of agreement. Never thought about that. Jesus says that when agreement comes, 
Something awesome comes in the midst of it. Do you see this when two or three are gathered what? Together, where there's unity, where there's oneness, where there's a coming together of heart and oneness together, right there, it's as if Jesus comes and flows and manifests himself in the midst of that. I think it's the psalm, when the psalm says that, that when brethren are together of heart and oneness, when there's unity together in all the different forms of relationships and different forms of people that you have, that God says right in the midst of that, that you're able to command blessing. There's almost a blessing that, that is released in the midst of it. But the enemy comes to, to bring division. When you think about this more and more, I found this more and more. There's nobody that God sends in your life that you don't need. Nobody that God sends in your life that you don't need. And the moment you say, I need you, see, that makes you vulnerable. But that's the place God wants you to be. I found this, that you'll never be all that, you're, that God's called you to be unless you are connected to people. Never going to happen. God has so created us, so made us the way we are, that we need people. We need connections. We need those connections that God puts into our life to enable us to be all that we want to be. How many found that sometimes maintaining relationships is some of the most hardest thing you can do? Is that right? Because when you get close to people, when you get to love people, that always makes you vulnerable. It makes you vulnerable because those are the very people that can hurt you the most. Is that right? Those are the people that can disappoint you the most. But once you're in a place of connection, don't let anything disconnect you. Because part of that connection is going to enable you to fulfill your destiny and cause you to be edified there and strengthened there. So you think about the body. My whole body really is a mass of connection. <laughs> when I think about it. My, four, my body is a mass of connections. I wrote this down, you'd be impressed. You see, my foot bone is connected to my ankle bone. My ankle bone is connected to my knee bone. My knee bone is connected to my thigh bone. My thigh bone connected to my hip bone. And my hip bone is connected to my backbone. And my backbone is connected to my shoulder bone. And the shoulder bone is connected to the neck bone. And so forth and so forth. But the point is, if there's one part of that disconnected, the whole of my body can't function. Is that right? My little toe's not connected. I don't say, well, never mind, it's just my little toe. I don't need that. Because if my little toe's disconnected, it affects the whole of my body. And there's a picture of the body of Christ. We all need each other. We can't really function without each other. You can't really function without the people that have been put in your life. You may think that you don't need that. But the truth is, that's what we need. We need connections. That's the way God's created you to be. And you get a hold of this. So... Disjointed, dried, disconnected. There's the next thing. There's the next word. Let me know it's still begin with D. Let me found that. Sorry about that. Next word is disillusionment. You think about it. See, I've heard this. People always speak to have visions. Like, you know, God showed me a rainbow or a, or a throne. Or God showed me green pastures. There's a good one. And, you know, oceans, steamy, wonderful oceans and all this sort of stuff. 
Can you imagine? He's used to having these visions. He gets a vision. He gets put in a place where there's dead bones. That's not very encouraging. I can just see, in the midst of that, he said, Lord, can these dry bones live? It's almost disillusionment. You know, I expected a vision of thrones and vision of, you know, mighty angels. And I'm disillusioned. Can dry bones really, really live? I thought, one of the great things I think can become very destructive in a person's life is disillusionment. When you become disillusioned, I've seen how that poisons lives. Just when that disillusionment gets inside you, it poisons, it crushes hope and faith. And I think one of the ways the enemy works is to bring disillusionment. You know why? It's a good statement. It's impossible for God to be disillusioned. You know why that is? God can never get disillusioned with you because he never had any illusions about you in the first place. He never had any illusions about you in the first place. He saw you when you were rock bottom. And he still pursued you and he still loved you. He knows every single thing about you and yet he's not disillusioned. Isn't that wonderful? See, the problem is, although God has no disillusionments of us, often we have illusions about him. Because we often ascribe to God human abilities, or we ascribe to God human qualities rather than divine ones. We say things like this, could God ever really forgive me for all the messes, all the mistakes I've made? How could God really, really love me? He knows all. How could and so we kind of ascribe to God human qualities rather than seeing the divine qualities. And the more you look at God through human qualities, the more you get disillusioned. And that's how we can get disillusioned with God, because we look at him through human qualities rather than the divine ones. Can you say amen? Here's the next thing. We not only get, can get disillusioned with God, but sometimes we can get disillusioned with people. I had a great story, and it kind of stuck me. I never forgot this. Where this leader, someone came to him and said to him, I am absolutely disillusioned with you. And this is what he said to him. He says, praise God. He says, because now we can have a relationship that's real rather than one that's an illusion. In other words, often we can have relationships and we get disillusioned with people because we have a wrong illusion of them. And because we have a wrong illusion of them, we get disillusioned with them. Because it's a wrong illusion and not based on reality. And this man said, now we can have a relationship that's based on reality, based on openness, based on us being who we really are. We can take the masks off. As long as we live with masks, as long as we live behind an image, you'll always be disillusioned. It's when you get real. It's when you get honest. It's when you take your mask off and you're willing to be real with people. You know what the truth is? The reason why we get disillusioned with people because we have an illusion of them that they're perfect. And there's not one person around, most of all me, that's not perfect. So as long as we look at people and expect perfection from them, we're always going to be disillusioned because it's an illusion it's not real. Because every single person has frailties and weaknesses and as long as you look upon them in a level of perfection you're always going to be disillusioned 
Instead of looking at people from reality and say, you know what, they've got weaknesses, they've got failings. The truth is, as I have. Amen? So how can I expect them to be perfect when I know myself is not perfect, all right? And that will save you so much disillusionment. So here's this man, dry, disconnected, disillusioned. God says, can these dry bones live? Can that dead situation, can it really live? Can it really be changed and transformed? God says, this is how you're going to do it. This is how you're going to change a dead situation around. This is how you're going to transform it. That's what he said to him. He says, go and prophesy and say to those dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. What do you do when you're facing deadness? What do you do when your career is at a standstill? What do you do when everything you've been dreaming about becomes a graveyard? What do you do to your graveyard experiences? You speak the word of the Lord. You don't complain. You don't moan. You don't sulk. You don't go and put in that that song that you always play when you're feeling down and that, that song that you always play, that depressing song that you always put on that you think's going to help you, but that fact makes you worse, amen? You don't do that. But what you do, you stand up and you get the word of the Lord and you begin to declare it. And when Ezekiel began that, those bones began to shake and they began to change and turn around. And I found this. As you begin to pray, as you begin to speak God's word, God will send a shake right in the midst of your valley. When everything seems skin and bone and you find yourself in a, in a graveyard thing, begin to prophetically speak the word of God into that situation. Let's would say this, and it kind of stuck with me, really. He says, you are a prophet over your own life. That means this. The what we often say often directs the destiny of our life. That's powerful, isn't it? Often the words that I'm speaking, the words I'm declaring over situations actually affect what I become and where I end up being. You're a prophet over your own life. That's what we say here, really. Speak the word of the Lord. And you know, Ezekiel had no faith in such a situation because he says, God, can these dry bones really live? I don't really know. I think sometimes we can have a problem so long, we just accept it. We just accept that's the way it is, and that's the way it will always be. Almost there's no way that situation can come together. And God says, Ezekiel, get my perspective on your situation. Get my perspective. Get your eyes off the dead bones and begin to get my perspective, begin to get my focus 
on that situation. In other words, when you speak the word of God into that situation, you get God's focus on it. What are you saying right now to your dry circumstances? What, what are you saying to those situations that don't seem to change, don't seem to alter? What do you say to those challenges you have right now? What are you saying to them? What are you speaking to them? Is what you're saying to them changing it or is it making it worse? What are you prophesying? What are you de- declaring to those situations? I thought about this. I thought, you know what? I have found a new name for God. The new name for God is the bone collector. He's the bone collector. In other words, he picks up shattered situations, shattered emotions, shattered relationships, failure. And here's the incredible thing. Because he's a bone collector, he knows how to put them all together. And he's looking for people who look into the invisible, praise God for what's about to happen. They capture a vision of what that situation can be. It's broken, it's shattered, it's divided. For I believe, if I could just speak the word over that situation, I've got a vision of what that situation could be. I've got a vision of that person that seems so far away from God. But I've got a vision. If I could just speak the word of the Lord over that situation, something awesome would break into their life. See, sometimes we look at it and we, we declare the facts. That person is so far away from God. That person will never come to God. That situation is so hard to change. That body can't be healed. And so... We declare the fact, but prophecy doesn't declare the fact. Prophecy declares what that can become. Prophecy declares what an impossible situation can be turned around and what that situation can become. And that's what we want. People who are going to see these situations are going to say, I see that situation. I see how fire is from the ways and the purposes of God. But I believe as I speak the word of God's forth, that situation is going to turn around. I'm going to turn that situation as I prophesy, as I speak into that situation. What did Jesus say? He says, the words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. I love it. In other words, the words I declare, the words I give to you can transform dead situations into alive situations. The word I speak to you are spirit and life. Once you've got that word inside you, you need to speak it. If you're going through some stuff with your mouth closed, the truth is it's never going to turn around. It's never going to change until you communicate to it. You speak to that depression. You speak to that lack. You speak to that obstacle. You speak to that situation. Jesus, when you face a mountain, Speak to that mountain and command that mountain to get into the sea. You speak to it. You address it. It's an obstacle. It's a hindrance to you moving forward with God. So you face it. You look at it. You don't say, well, that's a big mountain. You look at it and say, mountain in the name of Jesus, obstacle, be gone. Be removed. And Jesus said, if you really believe that in your heart and you speak it with your mouth, then you can even cast mountains into the sea. Amen.
I was thinking, if it's in the sea, that means it becomes totally removed. Is that right? That's how we can cause broken situations to begin to flow together. And maybe as you speak it forth, it may not look like things are coming together. It doesn't look like pieces have come together. What the enemy is divided, doesn't see it's coming together. But God says, if you would just believe it, and you would keep speaking it forth, that what has been torn apart, I will restore it back together, because I am a collector of bones. Almost finished, but you think about this. Ezekiel was the only one that was thrown into that valley. I thought about that. One, a minority in God always makes a majority. You and God always make a majority. And so here he is. He's the only one in a dead valley. You know what? You think about it. Sometimes in situations, some may think that I'm the only Christian in this workplace. I'm the only Christian in this place. You think, you're the only one that God needs to bring a miracle. <laughs> you're the only one God needs. You might be the only Christian in your home, but you're the only one that God needs. You're the only one that God needs to bring a miracle in that situation. He doesn't need a vast army, he just needs one person to believe him to turn a situation around. Let me just close with this. He spoke forth the word. And the Bible says the hand of the Lord. I mean, love that, the hand of the Lord. I love it. The hand of the Lord. Now, the word hand there, whenever you see the word hand in the Bible, you know it's described. God's hand, when he says the hand of the Lord, it's never like this, clenched. The word hand in the Bible always means open-handed. Here's a picture. The open-handed God. God says, everything I've purchased at Calvary is yours. I've not got a clenched fist towards you. I've got an open hand towards you. My hand is open. My hand is available to give gifts to my children. And this open-handed God picks Ezekiel up, and it says, when the hand of the Lord come upon him, in the Hebrew, it actually means he basically takes him and he throws him. He just picks him up and throws him. Throws him into an impossible situation. Throws him into a hard situation. You see, when you come and put yourself into the hands of an open-handed God, it's amazing the situations that he puts you in. Isn't that right? It's amazing where he's going to transport you. It's amazing what he's going to put you in. And he's transporting you into a situation for you to bring a miracle. He's transporting you to that hard, difficult situation because he believes that you can turn that situation around. That's why he's put you there in the first place. He believes that you can actually make an incredible difference. He throws you into a dry situation so you can speak life. He throws you into opportunities so you can see a miracle in the impossible. You might not be perfect this morning, but you're willing to allow an open-handed God to throw you where he wants you to be. The key word, I think, to be used of God is not talent. 
is not ability. I don't think necessarily God's that bothered by how talented or how, how much ability and how much talent and potential you have, really, ultimately. Because God thinks every single one of us has got potential, amen? So God's not saying, wow, I've got to use that person. They've got so much ability. Wow, how can I not use them, you know? It's not talent and abilities ultimately God's looking for. It's availability. It's just people who make themselves available for God to toss their lives wherever they need to be. I think saying, God, I'm just available. We don't hinder the spirit, but we make ourselves available to God. Someone said this, you can't help God, but you can hinder him. So we're just saying, God, I'm just available. Do we hunger for revival and the salvation of souls enough to such an extent we would say, Lord, I'm totally, completely available to you. Are you available this morning for God to use? Are you available for him to work and move through you? Are you an able, mighty person? So here's what happens. God, see what God says to Ezekiel? He says, instead of seeing your situation as a graveyard, see it as a battlefield. Because right now, you have opportunity for greater faith. You have opportunity to come into greater levels of God's presence. You have greater opportunity to see God's miracle power. If you never needed a miracle, then you wouldn't see one. Is that right? The fact you need a miracle means you have opportunity for a miracle. And so your, your situation now is an opportunity for God to do something amazing. That's what God says today. Speak the word of the Lord to your sick body. Speak the word of the Lord to your hopeless situation. Speak the word of the Lord to dry opportunities. Again, to speak the word of God and watch your situation be transformed and turn around. Now, here's what happened. This is what I want to close with. As he spoke the word of the Lord, you know what took place? God began to breathe on that situation. The breath of God was released. The word and the spirit together. What an amazing, awesome combination. The Bible says sometimes we were tired, weary, dry. Times of refreshing comes from the presence of the Lord. Times of refreshing. You just say, God, I just admit your condition. Get desperate and watch the wind of God breathe on your life. It's going to see. You know, I was reading up what causes hurricanes. We're going to Florida in a few weeks. So I was maybe looking at what causes hurricanes. Here's the thing that causes a hurricane it's when warm tropical oceans, the heat, Rises and it rises. If you like, the, the the air rises too quickly over the oceans, and it creates a vacuum. And into that vacuum flows air, and rushing air. It rushes into the vacuum, and it creates a vacuum. On the day of Pentecost, the Bible says they were all gathered together. 
And the Spirit of God came as a mighty rushing wind. It came as a hurricane. What happened? They created a vacuum for the wind of God to rush in. Where were they? Think about it. The Bible says they were together. They were in a place of unity together. They were praying. They were hungry. They were desperate. They were crying out to God to do something awesome and amazing. And out of that place, out of that vacuum came, God breathed his breath into that situation. I just believe with all my heart. Start declaring over your family. Start saying, my family is going to be absolutely awesome. Begin to declare God's word over it. Begin to say, God, I'm declaring that where there's not a way, I believe today that there will be a way. God, you're going to turn this situation around. Would you begin to do that? A vacuum is opened. And the breath of God begins to take what you declare and begins to breathe on it, begins to work in it, and begins to turn it around. I pray today, even in our own lives, we say, God, I'm just so desperate for you. See, that's what hunger is. Hunger is a vacuum that God fills. I believe your capacity to God is based on how hungry you are for God. The more hungry we are, the greater the vacuum, the greater capacity for God to fill. And he breathes into it. He loves it. So this morning, I don't know what kind of graveyard situations we have. All I know is that God can shake it, rattle it, and cause it to be transformed. Just come together. I wonder who could stand right now in these moments. Just lift your hand to God. I don't know what those dead situations are before you right now. I want you to just speak the word of the Lord to it right now. There could be people that you know who are just sick in their bodies and those who've had sicknesses for, for a lot, a lot of years and there doesn't seem to be much change, much alteration. But instead of declaring the fact, begin to declare the truth over that situation right now. Things that just seem so dis disjointed, maybe areas of family that just seem so disjointed and so broken apart. Instead of declaring what is the fact, Begin to declare what is the truth over it. A loved one is just so far away from God. Instead of declaring the fact, begin to declare the truth. Household salvation will flow. Maybe in your own life there's dryness and you're saying, God, instead of declaring your dryness, declare, God, thank you that you are the God. The that you bring times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. Prophesy to it right now. Prophetically speak to it. Refuse to say, I'm not anymore living with that obstacle and that mountain in my life. I refuse to accept that it would remain there. I'm speaking to it right now. I'm prophesying to it. I'm telling it to be gone in Jesus' name. I'm declaring that situation to be changed and transformed. I'm speaking, I'm prophesying the word of the Lord to that situation right now. And believe it with all your heart. Speak to it. Don't allow it to remain any longer. Speak to it 
and commanded, it's gone. It's going. It's gone. It's been removed. Speak the word. There's a need in your life. Some here and you've got a real need in your life. For so long you've been telling God your need. And God wants you right now to transform that around. Saying, God, I'm not any longer going to speak the need. I'm going to speak the desired result. That you will meet my need according to your riches in glory. People that right now, there's, you're just looking and saying, oh. Sometimes we've looked at physical conditions for so long, we've looked at it's been like dead bones, and we can't seem to believe it can change. You need to get God's perspective on it and say, God, I'm turning that situation around, and I'm believing it can turn around. Holy Spirit, right now, we just invite you into all these situations, calm as the mighty wind of God. Breathe your breath on these dead bones right now. Breathe your breath upon it, Lord. We believe that these bones can live again, Lord. We believe they can. No matter how dead or how how bad those situations that we believe your breath as you breathe upon it lord as we speak to it lord we pray let your word let your spirit move upon it lord as you moved upon the face of the deep and as you spoke you said let there be and you and as as the spirit of god responded to the word that you declared it would turn around you you said that your word will not return unto you void but you will accomplish that for which you sent it to do and so, Lord, right now, we pray, let the wind of God breathe unto the situations now. Bring transformation, bring change, bring miracles, bring healings, bring wholeness. Lord, bring a miracle into those situations now. Bring, release your spirit right now. Breathe, O breath of God, unto those situations. Breathe your breath right now. Breathe your breath. Listen, the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord. Turn those things around, we pray right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this free download Healing Church. For more downloads or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk.